I like using the green highlighter color, but I know you can't see it. <laughs> I can't see. Uh, so, Izzy, I am a colorblind oh, uh, painter. That's interesting. <laughs> I have a, you know, you know, it's funny. I have a couple of students that were, uh, are colorblind, and he, one of them actually developed a technique to actually paint their, his miniatures. And he do a pretty good job. It's just uh, labeling the miniatures. He asked his wife to label the the paints, you know, with specific numbers, so he know exactly and and names, of course. But he knows exactly what color is he using, right? So I basically help him develop like a monochromatic technique, so he understands better how blending works and oh. how he could use those paints or you know or those colors without him being able to actually see the color, right? It is challenging, but, you know, he's very dedicated. So it, it is awesome. Yeah. That's I'm, awesome. My, my doc, the, the eye doctor told me that I'm color deficient, so I can mm. see some greens and some reds. I see. But, like, when they start to blend together, they all just, like... Look like green or red. Brown. <laughs> right. <laughs> and then uh, there's a couple pinks. Like, for instance, uh, I was sleeping in uh these yellow sheets for like two years uh-huh. and my wife told me that they were pink oh wow and and um for you you're I, yellow yeah and i was like no they're they're yellow so i took a picture of it and i sent it to my colorblind friend and he mm-hmm. also said they were yellow so you know i got my i, I as, as long as i have one other person in the world that that sees exactly what i see right i feel better about myself <laughs> well the good thing about a a listening media is you don't have to worry about sleeping in pink sheets. This is the Squad Games Podcast. My name's Giacomo. Today, I'm with my co-host, Dakota, and we have a special guest today, Mr. Izzy, uh, as you already heard. Uh, how's everybody doing? Not pretty good. Good. Thank you. Thank you, guys, and appreciate that you have me here. Yeah, appreciate you having on, being on here. Things like yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so uh, so everyone knows Izzy is an amazing painter, and he took he's taken first place at quite a few... LVOs for their um, best display painted. Is there any other uh, big awards that you've won, Izzy? Yeah, I mean, um, uh, very kind of local in in this side of the country in California. Uh, Basically, I have won, I want to say, the Barry Open, the best painted Barry Open, like five years, I believe. Mm. Uh, I think one year was uh, Renaissance Man instead of, of, of best painted. And I argue with the organizers that I wanted the best painted <laughs> sort of a, 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 you know, Renaissance Man. Funny thing is Renaissance Man, it's a combination of score in, in the tables and the painting score. So it's kind of a better award a role, but still I was like, no, I'll, I'll take it. <laughs> he's like, no, man, I can't, we cannot give you that one. We You, you have to get this one. I'm like, okay. So I got that one, but I counted it also as, you know, <laughs> So whatever, and then LBO, I have won five times also. Wow, best painted in show. Yeah, last year was no. Last year I wasn't. I, I didn't participate. The year before twenty twenty one was like incredibly um, competitive. This year was two, but I was not there. 
But um, yeah, that year was extremely competitive. I, I, you know, there was some big names there, right? So I was really lucky that I, I took the, the trophy. You know. Yeah, we we were uh, we were sitting in the audience because uh, there's a there's a there's a guy that we had on our podcast, uh, Lucas. Yeah, and he uh, he views you as his nemesis because he's never yes. been able to beat you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I know Lucas. His work is fantastic. You know, absolutely. Um, I, I the thing is, uh, at those levels, you have to um, basically check everything, right? So one small mistake, one one thing could be the difference in between you know the the, the judges at the end uh, choosing one display board or in one you know army over the other, right? When yeah. you're to uh, at those levels that everybody has beautiful painted armies, you know it, it comes to that, right? Like nail biters, mm-hmm. right? Absolutely. Now we've been talking a lot about your beautiful armies. What, what Instagram can they, can people go to? Oh yeah. Thank you for uh, reminding me. Yeah. So my Instagram, it's AC underscore painting underscore studio. And they could check all my, my, all the armies I painted or some of it. And I I don't want to say all of them, but uh, a a big uh, gallery of pictures of different armies that I've painted during the years. They, they could check that there. Or my Facebook page is, you know, easy B Sanchez. Um, they could check that there too, but it's better, you know, the Instagram is specifically for that, right? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, now we're going to put that in the show notes. So if anyone's looking for that, you know, just go down to the show notes and we'll add it right there for you. And while you're in the show notes, you can also find our affiliates for frontline gaming. Yeah. Our affiliate link, uh, go down there and it helps out the podcast. Um, but outside of that, Izzy, what is your origin story? When, like, when was the first time that you were introduced to 40K? Tell us a little yeah. bit about that. Well, um, it's funny, right? I was always into fine scale modeling and hobbies since I was a little kid, right? So I was not um, like, um, I, was, I was aware of what was, you know, fine scale modeling, the, the, you know, gaming models and all that. But, you know, Warhammer, I got introduced basically because of the video game of Dawn of War. Right. So I started playing Dawn of War before I started playing Warhammer. Mm. Uh-huh. And, you know, I remember back in the day watching the White Dwarfs in, um, you know, in the stores mm. or the magazine um, stores, because back in the day there was like magazine stores. Right. Uh-huh. So uh, as a little kid, I went around and I saw this, this magazines, but I didn't knew what were they. Right. And I see these goofy, awesome models because you remember back in the day, uh, Warhammer and Fantasy, they were like all made by hand on pewter, right? So yeah. all these miniatures were like like goofy and have like like super vivid uh, colors. And I didn't know what like what was it, but I checked the, the magazines. It was like awesome. And I was like, oh, my God, I want them. But I live in Mexico, so we didn't have uh, Warhammer back in Mexico, right? So I, I, I was just into fine scale modeling back in the day until, you know, I one day they start bringing Warhammer to Mexico. And it was like, I want to say around 2006, 2007, they opened a, a store, right, in, uh, in, in my hometown. And it was full of Warhammer miniatures. And I was walking around with some friends and one of them is like, hey, look, dragons. And I'm like, what? So I turned around, <laughs> I saw them, and and they were the same uh, models that we were playing in Dawn of War, 
right? Because back then, same and same area, uh, there was like um, like a internet cafe. Back in the day, you could play, you know, oh, land yeah. parties, right? Right. So oh, you get yeah. with your friends oh, yeah. and you play with, uh, you know, in the same uh, internet cafe with other people and you play Starcraft, you play Dota, you play all these different games. And one of the games we start playing was Dawn of War. So that's how I got into first. It was like Space Marines and I thought they were super cool. I'm, I'm still think they're super cool. But then, you know, I, I found the Tau Empire and I fell in love with Tau Empire. So <laughs> after that, it's like... Those you know. space communists. Right, right, right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's awesome. That's a, that's a great origin story. Yeah, that's how, you know, in, in, in I always, funny thing is like with fine scale modeling, right? You, uh, I was huge in historical, my hometown in Mexico is huge in historical modeling. And you have all these um, older people that, you know, do the hobby. And, as a little kid, you want to learn, but they don't teach you, right? They say, oh, no, no, you're a kid. And I'm not going to waste my time teaching you all these ancient and, you know, magical techniques, right? And they're like, they're not going to waste their time teaching a kid how to use an airbrush. Even if the kid had the talent or the skills and they want to learn, they, they won't. And that was back in the day, right? Back, back in the 90s. So it was totally different, Right. So, um, but with fine scale modeling, you just assemble the model and, you know, you make it look as pretty as you can, and then you leave it on your shelf, right? That's it. That's, that's what you do. You don't play with it. You don't interact with it after that, right? It's just a hobby. You spend time building the model and that's it. But I always wanted to do some interaction with the models, right? And when I found Warhammer, I fell in love with it because I could not just, you know, pour my heart and soul on the model, but you could also play with the model, which is, for me, it's, I don't know, it's like the full combo. It's amazing, right? So that's why it, it was so huge for me. Okay, okay, historia, wow. Um, so, <laughs> so, then, so then with that in mind, um, mm -hmm. when, you were, when you decided, like, uh, that you wanted to do more with the models, is that when you decided you wanted wow. to, like, compete in more events because you've kind of been doing that now for a few years was that always your intention with the models was to compete first no no actually i was more uh, you know i'm i want to say i'm a hobbyist first and a player second but that doesn't mean i'm one more than the other it's more that i started one thing and then one led to the other right and with the models you know it took a it took a while until you know i started getting into the table but it was not until I moved to California when I started like learning about tournaments, right? Mm -hmm. And, you know, getting competitive. But at the same time, you know, I like being competitive, don't get me wrong, but I like enjoying what I do with the models, what I what that I like. It doesn't matter to me that it has to be the most competitive army. I'm gonna like bring like 27 riptides and I'm gonna destroy my opponent. <laughs> Like, I mean, it's cool, but if if I have the choice to, let's say, I'm going to use a mechanized list, that's probably a bad idea in this meta. Cool, but I like mechanized lists, right? <laughs> and I'm going to play what I like. You know, if I could do really well with them, well, that's awesome. But I'm still going to play what I like. I love flyers. And I was really sad in 9th edition that, you know, they, they discontinued the flyers. They're like, oh, you could bring two. And that's it. And I'm like, oh, well, it's not time <laughs> That's, that's how it goes. I think Eldar ruined that for everyone. 
yeah, you know, <laughs> yeah, the flying circus, they had like, oh, six, three and three. And yeah. <laughs> I'm going to bring six planes. Yeah, I know. You see six elder flyers on the other side of the board, and you're like, okay, well, this is going to go well. Um, <laughs> it, it was a bad uh, feeling. We were, uh, yeah, it's like, okay, turn two, we're done. Uh, let's get some beers. And yeah. You know, <laughs> that, that's, that, that was it. Funny thing, I have a good story about that. Um, Brandon, uh, not Brandon Grant, uh, um, uh, another friend uh, of mine, he was, uh, he's a really good elder, elder player, right? And he had like a flying circus. Funny thing, I was, I went first in, it was a small tournament here locally. And I wouldn't, it was what, seven edition, I want to say? Yeah, I think seven edition. Long story short, I went first and I was rolling all sixes. All sixes, mm. you know, and I was targeting his planes. He lost four planes around one. And he was like, that's, that's wow. not possible, man. And yeah, like, wow. Yeah, I, I, I don't know what happened, right? And everybody's like, what? What happened? Yeah, you know, so yeah, it was, it was pretty awesome. It, it can happen, right? It was not normal. And definitely, you know, even the TO checked my dice, but, you know, it was pretty Wow. <laughs> was pretty <laughs> they had to check your dice. <laughs> yeah, like it, that happened That happened to me multiple times. And, and, you know, people know me really well in, in different tournaments. I, I remember when I started going to um, Reno for tournaments, like r- super nice people there. And they have RageCon right now. It's going to happen in June. Mm-hmm. Um, I started going there to their small tournaments, right? Um, and one time it was like beginning of sixth edition, the Riptides just started, you know, playing everywhere. And there, there was still pipe plates in the game. And I have one, a couple of Riptides. And, but by the way, it's one of my favorite units in the games. And the, my first opponent, Do you like the old Riptides more or the new Riptides? I mean, no, the Riptide hasn't changed in, 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 um, I'm thinking about broadsides. I apologize. Yeah, 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 absolutely. The new broadsides are beautiful. Like I, yeah. I, I love the, you know, the, the Tau models, all of them. I mean, the old one was just the Christ suit with the, the rail cannons and some other metal parts. And they were pretty cool, but the new ones are like, like amazing. Absolutely. Anyway, long story short, in my opponent had um, he became a good friend of mine. He got two land raiders side to side and super in cover, like I could barely see them. Right, and you know I put the pipe plate in between both of them, and actually one of them because I only could see one, and then the pipe plate deviated enough, clip both of them. I rolled double sixes to penetrate both of them. And then I think a five and a six to blow both of them at the same time. Oh, like, oh. hell. Yeah. That, that was pretty crazy. <laughs> and that was turn one. And I keep rolling like that during different, all that tournament. I won that tournament actually. And it was just like, like horrible. It, it was disgusting how the pipe plates were like just nicking people in the face. You know, and they had to check my dice again in that tournament. They were like, "What? What's wrong with your dice? You 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 have to use another you know people's dice." I'm like, "Sure, no worries." And I keep rolling like that, and they were like, "It's just crazy, right?" So, some people would say that the emperor was looking out for you that day. You know? Yeah. Well, I would see the ethereal cast, but just sure. There you there go. There now, are you are you an ethereal cast guy, or do you do you like Farsight? No, uh, like I I, I, the, I only like one ethereal, and his name is Aun Shi. 
Okay. And besides that, yeah, I'm a, uh, I'm full on Claves. I mean, the the funny thing, I, I read the last book of uh, Arcs of Omen. Uh-huh. And, I mean, the funny thing is, Farsight it's the most loyal Tau of the Empire, right? It, even if yeah. he split, you know, he he did his own enclaves, he's still loyal to the Tau Empire, right? As because. The greater good is a philosophy. It's not like it's not a religion. It's not a you know political um, form or anything. It's it's a it's an ideology. Uh-huh. It's a philosophy of, of way of life, right? That a whole race of of individuals actually um, work with. Uh huh. And he's one of the most loyal Tao that there could be. One of the, the and the the, the thing is. Um, the ethereals, he asked for the help of the ethereals when he was surrounded at Arthas Moloch by the um, chaos forces and orc forces, right? And he was being overwhelmed. And the ethereals came back with a message and he and they deny it. And they're like, well, you, you know, if you, you die there, you die for the greater good. And good luck, my friend. Good luck, my son. And the Tauba bless you. And that, that was it. <laughs> and instead, like, you know, he, he was angry, but instead of being angry and falling to chaos, that the chaos got actually, um, Korn actually, you know, tempted, tempted him multiple times during that battle. Um, instead of falling to, to the chaos God, he, he, you know, he was able to, to, to withstand that and actually become even more powerful because he was tempted and he denied the temptation. So he did something not even Primarchs were able to do, which for me is like amazing, right? It's yeah. extraordinary. So that's why I like, I, this, this Arcs of Omen book was really good. Yeah, I really like, he's he's also my favorite Tao. Right. Um, uh, by a lot. Uh, yeah. His old model, I... I started collecting Tau because of Farsight. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. So when he came out with his new model, uh, absolutely a beautiful model. And I've seen wow. yours. Your conversion is uh, is quite amazing for it too. Thank you, man. I put a lot of, of, of um, ideas that I have collected during years. I was going to do a conversion because I was... I was going to do that conversion with like a regular, a regular commander and the resting uh, model for Farsight. But I have converted probably like 10 or 12 of them for different people, right? I started with one for me and somebody actually, you know, bought it from me. And then I keep doing conversions for people, right? They keep asking clients. And I become an expert on doing the, that Farsight conversion. And I, w- I had a plan to do a big uh, display board diorama. It's a it's a secret thing that I have going on, but it's going to happen probably not this LBO, but pretty pretty soon, right? Awesome. And in one uh, in the main scene or the main object of the display board's far side, right? So that pose that you see with the new far side was the same pose that I was going to do with these, right? But um, w- when I heard right some rumors back in the day, like two years ago or so, that we were gonna get a new Farsight, I was like, no way! Yeah, yeah, we're getting a new Farsight. And then when the book dropped, I thought that's where we're we're gonna get the new Farsight. It didn't happen, and they were like, just wait, just wait, man, You're, you'll see. And I'm like, okay, I'll, I'll wait, I'll be patient. Uh, 
and you know the patients paid off and then the new model it's just amazing it's exactly what i envisioned farsight the the only the only, i don't want to say bad thing it's just you know a little more of work it's monopose so to achieve the pose that i wanted you know i had to modify quite a lot of the model but that makes it also very unique and even more um gratifying because it's a lot of hard work that pays off, right? And, you know, and you see the results. So thankfully I got a feature in the Games Workshop page mm-hmm. in the article and I was really happy about that. It's, yeah. It's a life accomplishment to to be featured there, right? So Absolutely. I also really like your Commander Oshava. <laughs> yeah. Um from the Mecha for Mant- Mantic games. It's quite Oh, cool. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that, 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 that was a. I saw that from somebody else that did it. It very obscured in the internet, not even a, like a tau player or anything. And I saw like what? And I didn't even knew the the the, the miniature right. Mm-hmm. And I saw that it was like what is this right? And I keep digging. It was Manta Games. The, the you know the, it, they painted like Farsight and it looks like a really good conversion or like a <laughs> like a um, standoff right or like um, uh, how how you say that when. When you have a miniature, but it's not that miniature, but it's... Proxy? Yeah, it's a proxy. Correct. Yeah. yeah. Right. It's really That's good. amazing. Yeah. Yeah, it's a really good proxy. So as as a painter, uh, mm-hmm. is there any specific um, painting styles that have inspired you to influence your own painting mm-hmm. journey? Yes. So, I mean, as a fine scale modeler, again, right, I started with historical, so a lot of things had to be really specific right you have to you want you know the tank to be green and for example if you are you know let's say in the pacific theater well it has to be a color oh the you know the italian theater has to be another oh uh the d-day has to be another right mm-hmm. oh the, the airplanes have these lines because it's the invasion line so they have to go there so it's very specific and you cannot play well you can but Usually in historic, you don't play a lot with shades and colors and you don't use vivid colors, right? You use yeah. the actual real colors that the planes or tanks or whatever are paint with, right? So I, I came from that school. So when I start diving into Warhammer, I keep seeing all these different uh, beautiful styles, right? And, and I was like, oh, my God, you know. I, it's the first time I see the heavy metal style, right? So I try to replicate it. Of course, I start doing it with what I have in already in my knowledge, right? And that's when I start doing like a hybrid, right? And when I moved to California, I, you know, my army look okay, but nothing to compare to how it looks now. And I, I keep seeing the White Dwarf, like, magazines. And I told one of my mentors, which is Seth Amsden, you know, okay. he's, uh, he, he's the head of, of the uh, art program for LBO. He's mm-hmm. the, um, the head of the, of the painting awards for Las Vegas Open, Hobby Sensei. <laughs> and he's the COO of Game Castle. So, you know, oh, very... Wow. Very important guy. <laughs> yeah. But it, and I had the luck to, 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 for him to be my mentor. And I went, he was, back in the day, he was the manager of the Games Workshop store in Alamo. 
So I walk into the store and, you know, I met him. We start talking. And w- after a couple of times me being there, um, I was like, well, you're, you're really good at painting. Could you teach me how to paint? Right. And I grab one of the white dwarfs and I see this uh, Sasia or Sakia, however you pronounce that. Right. The tile that are blue and orange. Right? Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, I want my tile to look like this. And he's like, mm, are you ready for that? And I'm like, yeah. Well, what do you mean? Well, you know, if you want them to look like that, I could teach you, but you have to commit. And I'm like, I will commit. Yes, I, I'm committed. What do you mean? Well, you know, he's like, a lot of people come to me to ask me to teach them, right? But nobody actually follows through. So if I tell you, I need these, 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 and these, um, you know, it's up to you if you do it or not. I'm like, okay. So he asked me to, you know, buy a compressor, get an airbrush, do these, do that. It's all, all these things you need, right? And I'm like, okay. Next week, I came back and I was like, okay, I have these, 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 and that. When, when are we starting? He's like, okay. And that's how I became his, his apprentice, pretty much, because I was committed. And, and I really followed through with what I wanted. So, right. yeah, yeah. And that's how I started. And, that, and that's one of the first styles that actually caught my eye. And I was like, mm-hmm. I want to replicate that style. And then I learned, um, you know, that there's so many other styles under the sun of painting miniatures. And I keep adding to my repertoire and I start adding other things, right? From graphic novels, from, you know, even, you know, how the non-metallic metallic techniques, it's like the Renaissance painters did that, you know, hundreds Absolutely. of years ago. And, you know, some people think it's like, oh, the miniature painters, you know, invented that. That's not true. But if you don't know, well, you, you can use a technique that you don't know about, right? Or you think it's brand new when it has been there forever, right? Absolutely. So now, now yeah, I know yeah. we're going to get these, these next set of questions, no matter yeah. what. This is on everyone's mind. Now, what is your favorite paint range? Is it still model color because model color has all those historical colors or have you grown fond of something else? No. So my favorite brand of paints is Reaper miniature paints. Wow. And no, it's it's funny because it's, it's, it's one of, it's one of the best lines of colors that I have. Like, like, and I have experimented with so many different brands, right? And don't get me wrong, there's a lot of quality in different brands. Uh, the, the first ones I started with was probably um, back in the day, Vallejo and, you know, after Games Workshop, right? Mm-hmm. And I still use both of those brands. I love them, but um, I find certain colors in Reaper that are hard to be comparable with other colors. For example, the reds are super vivid. Uh, they have a huge range in different pastel colors. And when I talk pastel, it means the saturated colors that uh, come from the same family or the same tree of colors, but like desaturated, right? Okay. And then the pigmentation, it's really consistent. You, you, I find that, you know, I go over and over of different bottles of the same paint and they're all the same color. Sadly, other uh, other uh, companies, they have the same color and then you choose another or you grab another bottle and it varies too much. And it's like, this is not the same color, right? Oh, wow, fascinating. So, I didn't know yeah, that. 
With Reaper, I find that, right? And then the other thing I love about Reaper, it's that they're super flat. Like almost all the colors in the in the in the range of Reaper, they're flat. And I love painting flat colors. I don't like glossy or you know, semi-gloss or gloss. I uh, I don't know. It, 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 even when I had to varnish, I always varnished my miniatures as I go. It's part of the process. And I varnish it with testers, um, Dalto. But even then, Re- like Reaper has good cover. It breaks down really well with, uh, within the wet palette. And it breaks down really well with the airbrush. So, I don't know. Overall, it's one of my favorite paints. Okay. Yeah. Now, um I'm going to ask you what your favorite, uh, like ho- set of hobby tools. Now we're big fans of the God hands. Here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, awesome. what, what, what is your favorite, uh, like tools that you use to convert or mm-hmm. so maybe certain painting tools? Is there anything that you find yourself that is like really, really good that you use all the time? Yeah. I mean, one, it's of course my hobby knife, right? And, and I found that, you know, hobby knives could be like, as long as you have enough blades, any hobby knife, any hobby knife works, right? It's the Exacto X1, X10 or something like that, you know, the, the triangular blade. Yeah. Uh-huh. For me, it's, you know, my, my to-go uh, uh, tool kind of, because I could cut things, I could scrape things, I could scrape mold lines, I could, you know, do whatever and what I recommend people because I'm giving a class of assembly in Nova and I did a class of assembly in um, KublaCon and one of the things I tell people is once you see your blade not cut enough right mm-hmm. change it if there's no point in you you know sacrificing sacrificing a finger to the corn god or doing something dumb because your blade is not dull enough it's it's not sharp enough and you know you're just gonna get cut, or you know you're 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 just gonna get tired because your blade is not cutting. So that's one thing I tell people: just you know, replace the blade. It's what ten cents a blade or something like that. No, just have you know replacements. And another thing, you know, of course, the pliers in God hands are amazing, and they are meant for Gundams. Gundams is one of the miniatures that have to be more precisely cut because of the material. So, you know, God hands are amazing. But again, some people don't like or don't want to spend, they think it's too much to spend 60, 80 bucks in a pair of pliers. And I tell the same thing. I I, I tell people that if you're in this hobby, it's already expensive. So you want to make the best of it, getting the best tools possible, right? So why not spending that much if you're spending, you know, 60, 70, 80 bucks in a box of five guys? Well, what, what's a pair of pliers? It's going to last you forever, right? So Absolutely. Uh-huh. And then uh, I want to say uh, my airbrush is probably also one of my favorite tools to work with. And yeah, another I, component that I, uh, I just bought Giacomo a, me and Andrew and my wife just bought Giacomo his first airbrush. That's true. Nice. Yeah. Nice, nice. Which which one you got? Uh, I got him the Iwata Eclipse. Okay, okay, very good. Yeah, 
You know, and, and I, I, I think every, like almost all airbrush are right now. We, we, I, I think another, uh, another thing I want to remark, I believe we're in the golden era of, of hobby, right? Of the hobby. Mm -hmm. And people sometimes don't view it like that, but, uh, I'm not, I, I'm not that young, right? I'm, I'm going to be 42 in August. Mm -hmm. And so I lived through, you know, the, the times where everything was through a magazine, um, everything, if you want to research something has to be through magazines or somebody had to teach you or you had to learn on your own. And then the learning curve, it's humongous. And now we have everything at our disposal, right? On the internet, we could see videos, tutorials. We go to conventions. We have all these, you know, spread of knowledge of about the hobby. So, we could access all this different uh, knowledge from other people and we could, you know, we could use it for ourselves. And that's why I believe we're in the golden era of the, of, of the hobby. Right. And, Absolutely. and it's, yeah, it's fantastic. You know, people before, um, the, it, it, and it has grown exponentially, um, you know, this, and especially it's going to, I think in the next couple of years, it's going to hit critical mass when uh, they go, it, it, Warhammer goes mainstream. Mm -hmm. if, you know, Henry Cavill end up doing the um, the Amazon series of Warhammer 40K. It's just going to explode. Everybody's going to be talking about that. Like everybody talks right now about Marvel. It's going to mm -hmm. be called the same thing. And it's going to be yeah. pretty incredible. I hope they get more plastic molding injection machines because the fact that uh, Indominus has already sold out is a sad day. <laughs> well, you know, uh, it is, uh, I mean, it is and it's not. There's stores that are going to carry like 30, 40 of them. So I, I found, sadly, you know, there's always people that try to make um, um, a cut or an extra cut like scalpers. Yeah. And sadly, those scalpers by the number of, of, of um, copies that they have, sometimes I believe they're stores that, or, or store owners that go that route. They're like, oh, we already sold them out, and now you're selling them on eBay, right? On a yeah. black, a black uh, listed uh, or a black, uh, you know, um, underground, undercover um, account or something, right? Yeah, but, I can see that. Wow, yeah, the illicit world of miniatures. You know, <laughs> yeah, it, yeah. How how it, how we have evolved, right? Yeah. And sadly, once you you grow, there's always people that, like you guys that are gonna put their heart and soul in the hobby because you want to see the hobby grow. And there's people that's going to always try to take advantage of it. Right. That's sad. That's the sad part of, of, of this thing, right? Once something grows, it always happens. Right. But see, yeah. see what we need now is we need a, we need a Chris Hansen for scalpers in the, right. <laughs> volume, you know, to start finding people, you know, and be like, Oh, well, Hey there. Oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> right. So, what about your favorite kind of brushes? Do you have like um, anything that you recommend for beginners and then maybe a more advanced kind of brush? So yes and no. Like, I mean, I would say, um, I would say, or I would not say that, right? Um, not every brush is good and not every tool, it's the same. I, I know a lot of people, mm -hmm. it's, like, it's not the tool, it's the artist. Yes and no, right? Because it's not the same to learn with like really good tools to do something and learn appropriately than, you know, have 
um, superior tools to learn the same process. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. So let's say you know I'm I'm a beginner and I'm using um, three dollar brush from Hobby Lobby, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Of course, I'm going to be able to grab the paint, spread the paint, whatever. Um, maybe the brush, you know, it's a synthetic brush. It's okay. You know, it withstands a couple of, of paint sessions. And then, you know, the, the bristles start splitting, right? Mm-hmm. And by that, I, I don't say it would not happen to, a, you know, um, Winter Newton brush, right? That's 20, 30 bucks. Yeah. But it's, it's less prone for that brush to happen, right? Unless you don't take care of it. Uh huh. Yeah. And so that's the one thing is like sometimes beginners don't know how to take care of their brushes. So they might yeah. accidentally They're, ruin a really. And sadly, it comes down to, to knowledge in curve uh, of, of, of learning curve, right? Mm-hmm. So again, we go back to the same, right? Oh, why do I need like 60, 80 buck pliers, right? Well, those pliers are going to last you way longer than, you know, the regular plier that costs you six, seven bucks, right? Same thing in Hobby Lobby. And I love buying things in Hobby Lobby. Don't get me wrong. I'm not trying to put them down. (laughs) Or, you know, hobby stores in general, right? It doesn't have to be the most expensive item. But you soon find that, you know, some items are intrinsically better than others, right? In, you know, the Kalinsky sable brushes, like Winter Newton, I love rosemary brushes. I love, um, there's this uh, German brand, Abdelung, or I don't know if I'm saying it correctly, but they have good quality brushes, right? Um, Some of the uh, Games Workshop used to put like a special uh, masterclass uh, brush um, set. They were fantastic, and then they stopped making them. So that was weren't sad. those weren't those just relabeled Windsor Newtons? I believe that was the the rumor going around is that they were just more expensive expensive Windsor Newtons. Probably, I don't know because I, I keep buying just the Windsor Newton. Yeah, and I you know I, I stopped buying any other um, brands. You know, Artis Opus are really good for for certain things. I have their. Um, their dry brush set. Yeah. But mm-hmm. it, it is, it is great. A funny thing is one of my favorite, please don't say that. Well, I'm saying it. One of my favorite dry brushes comes from Sephora. I think, you know, mm. I used to, I used to use one. Them. right. But not all of them. This is like super, like the, 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 the brushes, like the bristles are super fine and mm-hmm. small and stack. And it's super good to dry brush metallics. It's one mm. of my favorite, and that's a secret. Like you could also dry brush metallics, right? Mm-hmm. To create this um, true metallic um, technique, right? So the same way there's a non-metallic metallic technique, there's a true metallic technique. So you could make the same kind of approach with true metallics, and it looks fantastic. All right. Yeah, you could do that. But yeah, I, to your, your answer, probably Winsor Newton is my favorite. And... I will recommend, like, if somebody goes or chooses to go through that route, um, they could invest a little, find maybe a mentor, maybe a Patreon, or maybe someone that actually could teach them how to use those tools before they invest in those tools. It's better to take your time and be patient, and you will see the 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 outcome of that patience and, and that dedication instead of just jumping blindly into something and then learning 
true mistakes, right? Yeah, I think I think the the three top tips that you could do for for ruining a really nice brush is using metallics, contrast, or washes with a really nice brush. Just use a, a synthetic or a little bit of a older brush for those three. Right, or clean them correctly. There's, uh, yeah. I mean, there's some um, brush cleaners that are really good. Same thing from the same brand, Windsor Newton. Mm-hmm. Um, you just, you know, rinse them after you're done, and they would last you forever. I mean, I paint every day, and I go through brushes like nobody else. But you know, I try to keep them as much as I can. Uh, you know, but sometimes it's impossible because it's like you're painting a hundred miniatures in a, one go, one sitting. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, not one sitting, but in one um, commission. So after three weeks, four weeks, the brush is going to be gone, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. But that's, that's how it is. Yeah. For for those looking to like improve their hobby skills, what advice or tips do you think you you would you would give them so that it would up their painting abilities and modeling abilities? Right. So basically, I would say first of all, patience and careful planning. So if you have a project, you start in the hobby, take your time, mm-hmm. look mm-hmm. for uh, help, like I mentioned before, look for references, right? Let's say you start a small project, you want an army. Well, okay, first first of all, look for what you want for that army, right? Let's say, you know, well, if you have uh, the new Imperial Guard, okay, how you want it to, for your army to look Okay, I'm, I want Cadian, or I want like Bostroyans, or I want whatever regiment you want. Okay, look for art references. Look for um, pictures. Look for art, um, you know, in in the codexes, or how as much information as you can to of reference of what you want to paint, right? And then, I mean, if you have the time and you have the budget, maybe even look for. Uh, maybe a little private coaching or private uh, tutoring with someone or even approach, um, you know, sometimes in, in hobby stores, there's sometimes hobby nights that you can go and ask other people around you, hey, how could I use these? How could I use that? Right. Mingle with the community, ask in the community. And, you know, it, it, and you'll see a lot of people is really helpful and would guide you, you know, uh, in, in a good way. And you will fi- you will figure it out really easily how to do something, right? But it, it's about that. Take your time and be patient, right? And then if you if you have a mistake, don't worry. Go um, stop and go back and see if you could fix it. If not, well, keep going with the other ones. And sadly, or not sadly, it's a it's a happy mistake at the end of the day, right? It's part of the learning curve. So and just do it, right? It doesn't serve you in any way, shape, or form just to stare at the model for weeks or months and be frozen in time. It's like, oh, I don't want to, I don't want to touch it because I don't want to ruin it. Well, if you don't touch it, you will never know. Right? <laughs> right. It's better to ruin it than it's like, oh, well, you know, it's not as good as I want it to. But nobody's as good as you want it to be the first time. Uh huh. That's yeah, another can, thing. You can always strip it. You can always buy another one and repaint them if it's awful. Absolutely, right? Or yeah. come to the realization that the the you that started the hobby in 2015 is not going to be the same guy in 2023, right? Absolutely. So it depends on your path and your goals, right? Having a goal in the hobby, it's fundamental. It's like, okay, 
I want this goal to be my 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 um, my thing for 2023. Okay, perfect. Finish that goal and then keep moving, right? In in that path, you're gonna find so many amazing things and you're gonna meet so many amazing people that your hobby vision is just gonna grow. But again, patience and careful planning, and that's that's the that's one of my main tips. Okay, it's good advice. Now, I know you're an excellent painter, but I got to know, is there any artists whose work you admire? Oh, absolutely. Oh, there's so many. <laughs> so many. Um, oof. Oof. That's a loaded <laughs> question. So, I mean, I could tell you one of my favorite artists uh, out there. It's, a, it's a, um, you know, Kaha Katerina Gorska. Uh-huh. Polish painter, mm-hmm. amazing. Okay. Uh, I don't think I've heard of. This she one. did the uh, the right. the uh, was it the Kraken at LVO? There was um there was a I can't remember what the what the uh, painting was. Yeah, is she uh, LVO? She had um the giant grabbing um um one of the Sigma rights. That's know, the, what it was. The, uh, he like the giants grabbing it and he has wings and he's like, ah, and then she also made the, um, the Hecaton land, land fortress. And it was like, like this alien coming at it. Right. And that was an Adepticon and the, the, she has done so many, so many things that are beautiful in her, her, um, her approach and her style is like uh, she paints like with luminescence. So mm-hmm. everything feels like it's illuminated with certain like light, specific light and a specific like, like uh, colorations and shadows. It, it's very particular. It's, it's, it's beautiful. So she's one of my favorite just because it's how her brain works and how her brain sees something. And it's, for me, it's really hard to replicate because I'm a very uh, I'm, I'm very technical in a way, and also I have a specific um, approach on how I paint. So for me, her approach is like completely alien, not alien in a bad way. It's just like, oh my God, my brain cannot process to go and do the same thing she does. So for me, that's why it's so amazing. And, and it's so, you know, I admire her so much. Another painter that I admire, it's Kirill Kanayev. He's Russian. And he's probably the number one bust painter in the world. I, I, one, I don't think that's up to debate. I think he's the best bust painter in the world, period. Wow. Just how like his, his miniatures are hyper-realistic. Like the faces of the miniatures he paints, it's like you're seeing a person. You're like... <laughs> What's going on? Like, what's happening? And his his uh, traces are so exact. Uh huh. That it tricks the eye, it tricks the mind to 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 be like, what am I looking at? Am I looking at a paint? And I'm looking at AI. And I'm am I looking at a miniature? What what am I looking at? So it's very mind blowing. And I, I had the luck to receive a class from him too. So, so, so Giacomo, since you asked that question, I'm going to ask you the same thing. I don't think yeah. you've ever, you've ever said it. Like, wh- who do you look up to? 
the one of the first painters. Let me pull it up on my Instagram because I have uh, one of the first painters. This guy, his name is Paint My Little World, and he started painting the Star Wars um, Imperial Assault sets. And I I fell in mm. love with his little paint jobs back in the day. And then the the he had this little story that was his mom taught him how to paint uh, miniatures in this certain style. And it was a style at the time that I'd never uh-huh. seen before when I was learning. And I'm not going to say he's the absolute uh-huh. most technical. He has great technique, but his right. journey just at the beginning was something that inspired me to continue painting, you know, from a giant hiatus back when I was 13. So, you know, to come back into everything. And I still admire a lot of his work to this day. Mm-hmm. So that, that'd probably be the one I would say is my favorite painter. Favorite. Okay. So I, I have two myself. Do uh-huh. you have another one G? Uh, no, I would say that's, that's probably where I would go in terms of like the one okay. that had the most impact on me. So, uh-huh. so outside of Izzy. Okay. We can't call We can't say him cause he, he's, he, we're talking to him. We can't fangirl uh-huh. over him. Um, I really like Luis from rogue hobbies. And the reason why, mm-hmm. um, is like her paint style is so vastly different than anything that I typically ever see or okay. have seen. She's so colorful and so vibrant and does all these extra colors. It's just like, uh, that's kind of like where I tend to start leaning towards since I'm, I'm I have color deficiencies. I like to look for vibrant colors and vibrant color schemes. Nice. So she's, she's really one of my favorites. And also I really like Torvarion. Um, He's also uh, quite a fantastic painter that I look uh-huh. to. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Both YouTubers. Send, but, send me the, the, please send me the links after so I could check their work, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, please. I, I would love to. And, um, what, what another person that I had to mention, you know, absolutely. It, it, he, his style actually, um, uh, influenced my style immensely. It's angel, angel Geraldus. Ah, mm-hmm. yes, angel. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's so a beautiful painter. Right. And I mean, when I started in, into, in, into doing commissions, actually, you know, that's when they started giving me uh, infinity models and few people wanted to paint infinity models because first of all, they were more intricate than uh, Warhammer models. Right. And second of all, they were smaller. So it was harder to paint. Uh huh. And mm-hmm. also um, the, how he used the airbrush to shade in, 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 create a contrast in, you know, a small thing that's like a millimeter wide was mind blowing to me. So that's how I started applying like similar techniques to my Tao in, in Las Vegas open. When, when I won the first one in, what was that? 2014, 2015, I think 2015. I don't remember 2014, 2015. And they end up calling my Tao the infinity Tao because has a lot of OSL and a lot of uh, reflections and a lot of, of, you know, energy glow and all that, that I, I took from, you know, the, the approach of infinity. And he was the, the, the artist of the, the studio artist for Corpus Bella. Oh, okay. uh-huh. So that's why, you know, like checking all the box arts and checking all the miniatures, right. I spent hours and hours checking all the miniatures and, everything right and try to decipher how he did it uh-huh 
and deconstruct them before he put his book out. I, I, I was like, that's what I talk about when, when looking at references. Uh, and then you could study certain arts or certain styles. And then you, you could start uh, to, to think in your mind, how did the artist approach this? How did he or she did this or that, right? And then you could start applying it to yourself. Even if it's not the same, that's when you find your style. Um, I remember somebody asking me about how to find your own style. And it's like, well, I could say, one, it's, again, looking for references. And two, well, you know, the more you do it, the more you might find your own style, right? Yeah. Actually knowing all these different um, ways of painting help you because then you could choose and then you can be like, oh, I like that one, right? Like you said, oh, I like this painter, that painter, right? So, mm -hmm. and then you start adapting things from them. Okay, yeah, that's that's super insightful. I uh, I like that a lot. The, is there, is there, Going back to events, is there any particular um, events or tournaments that you're really looking forward to, or maybe that you have on your like dream bucket list as well, like the London Grand o uh, Grand oh, Tournament or anything like that? Yeah, so I definitely want to go. Um, I told my wife we should go to the London GT next year, Ooh. and you know, I, it's kind of a must. Mm -hmm. And definitely, <laughs> you know, I mean, LVO is one of my favorite things to do every year. Um, BAO, it, it's always fun, you know. You, I always see my friends there. It's, it's, it, it just feels like family when, when I go there. It's like, oh, I'm visiting my family, but it's all friends, right? Yeah. So it's pretty amazing. Um, Adapticon was mind blowing. I, it was this, this was my first year that was in Adapticon, and I was like, wow, this, this, this is awesome. This is fantastic. It's a great convention, right? And it's more oriented into the hobby, into in classes and all that. So it was really amazing. Um, I'm going to teach at Nova. So now I'm like doing all these uh, different events and pilgrimage to different places. Mm -hmm. And I'm expanding my repertoire. I was invited to um, one place I want to go. Um, uh, it's the, the one in Gibraltar. Which oh. is the, um, the uh, what's the name? Is of it the, the last resort? No. Aha, uh aha. -huh, uh -huh, um, I'm on to it, but I don't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. I just forgot the name, right? But it's an invitational one. Um, no retreat. No retreat. That's when all the content creators go. Right? Uh -huh. The yeah. content creators, and you have you, you need to be like uh, your army has to be beautiful and has to be known and blah blah blah. Right, all these things. So they invite me last year, but I couldn't make it. So I, I hopefully not this year, but next year, definitely trying to go that to that one. London GT by by all means, I want to go, and of course visiting um, Warhammer World. It's also one of the things I would mm. love to do. Right. So one it, of our one one of our friends, Rob, he he sent us pictures of uh, not Warhammer World, but the Warhammer in in uh, Edinburgh. And it uh -huh. has this castle up on the top of the hill, like right behind the store. And you're like, wow, that is, wow. That is something else. Yeah. Oh, actually, one of my clients live in Edinburgh. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, I, we're not talking about the same person, right? Brian Siep? No, this is okay. Rob. He's, oh, uh, right. he's been on our podcast a couple of times. Nice. Um, so I've heard that you have been looking at Kill Team and... Uh, what do you, what, what aspects 
of Kill Team has kind of picked your interest in, rather than these the larger scale games. Right. So I like pretty much uh, all the specialist games. Well, I, I don't want to say all of them, but, uh, you know, I have Aeronautica and I play it often. I, I have Titanicus. I haven't, I already painted my army. I haven't been able to get into Titanicus. Um, I have my kill team in since it came out, what well, was like two, three years ago. Well, the first edition of kill team, I was really interested mm-hmm. and I started playing it, but then it, 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 it went like a little crazy. <laughs> when Do I kill this model, the whole, yeah, no, whole when you wounding could, thing, yeah. right. When you could take commanders or, you know, HQs of any, any specific faction and then they could do whatever and they just get destroyed. It was it stopped being fun, right? I, I started, you know, when they were, oh, you could use fire warriors, you could use Pathfinders, you could use whatever. Oh, cool. You could use some stealth suits. That's awesome. You could use a, a Tau Commander that's broken. And, <laughs> you know, you could use a Nurgle guy that, you know, puts out like, I don't know how many spells or, you know, smites and be like, oh, okay. You kill my whole army in one go. That's awesome. So <laughs> we kind time. of stopped there. <laughs> right. There were fun times. <laughs> now I'm like very interested because I think it's balanced, even though they're, you know, it's a games workshop product. Sometimes it's not as balanced. <laughs> like, that's all I'm going to say. I'm going to stop. Yep. <laughs> but I think it's fantastic. I like the new scenarios. I like the new, um, yeah, the, the, the one thing I'm big on, it's the, terrain and the thematic um you know scenarios or 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 displays right that you could come up with in in a table and i guess nine edition also or eight edition make me sad because you can you couldn't interact with the terrain anymore right Mm -hmm. it was more a nuisance than like uh interaction and then they standardize everything right into blocks and it's like this is square this is rectangle uh, I cannot be seen, you cannot be seen, blah, 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 and that's it. But before it was like, oh, you could get into this bunker, you could shoot me from that bunker. Oh, you could do these here, blah, 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 right? And for me, it's super amazing to have thematic things in the board. Okay. And I don't know, the 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 fact that in Kill Team, I believe you could close doors, you could open doors, you could do all these kind of things, for me, is like very interesting. And like, yeah, I like that flavor in the game. And of course, it's like what? Like you use 10, 12 miniatures. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Depending on your team. I mean, if you play Custodes, you could use four. All right. right, right, right. <laughs> They're super amazing. But I think it's it's a faster, way faster game than a game of 40K, right? It could go like probably 30 minutes an hour, I believe. It's usually a competitive game. We uh-huh. want to let, we like, we like two hours of gameplay just uh, to make sure everyone can finish. But, you know, people like, Chris Baki, who is actually local to you, but uh, other players can finish a game in an hour, an hour and 15 minutes. Was, it just was, depends on. Uh-huh. Go ahead. No, sorry. Uh, was he today at. Um, oh, no, that was John. I, I introduced myself. There was a small tournament, a kilting tournament today at Badger Games in Sacramento. I, I went okay. there to deliver some things because uh, we, we have some commissions going. And the people there uh, were playing Kill Team, you know, and mm. I, uh, I think his name was John, I believe. Yeah, John. He's, um, we met him when we went to BAO. Ah, yeah, yeah. So it was him. And it's like, oh, I'm going to pay attention to the podcast because I told him we had a podcast tonight. 
Yeah, yeah. He's a uh, he's he's a regular listener, and he's him and his friend Dan. We went to dinner with that night. Uh, nice. It's such a small world that you right. Know, you met John just today, and I was paying attention to when you know what they were doing, but I had to run because we we were hiking with my family and everything today. So um, uh, yeah, I, I didn't have the time. But I wanted to to play in the tournament. Even if I didn't know the rules, at least you learn. <laughs> I, I'm better like that. I was like, okay, let's go. Oh, I lost. Okay, but I learned something. Rhythmic. Yeah, that's the best thing about tournaments. You play four games in a day, and you're like, oh, I know how to play the game much better. Right. <laughs> Even if you lose every game. Yeah. And also, you know, I don't, I don't want to say I'm going to go for, like, m- multiple factions in Kill Team. Mm-hmm. Because I know, uh, like, I heard people saying Kill Team is like the gateway drug for 40k. <laughs> Once you get one, oh, I want another army. Oh, I want another. And then you suddenly end up with, like, three more armies on 40k, right? But yeah, I- I'm very disciplined in that way, so I-, I don't think I will. But at least, you know, obviously I'm going to have a Tau team or maybe yeah. two. Uh, and i definitely going to get uh, Kassar King or... Okay. Yeah. Okay. Now, what about what about those other teams? Kind of excites you, you know, when it comes to painting uh, and playing them. Well, like I say, Kasser skins. Uh, it definitely, I always like the look of them, and being the human special forces, it's like yes, you know. Especially then, the brand new ones; they look great. right. They're they're beautiful. And then another team that I definitely is like looking at me with like ice. It's the. Um, <laughs> That at Core Creek, I mean, just because that mm. that Core Creek, right? And Vet Guard are really good. Right. Yep. That's what I play. Yep. That's awesome. <laughs> I play action. I play action heroes though. So yeah. All my, like, so all my yeah, models, they're, are, they're yeah. pretty fantastic. And then they have come up with so many beautiful models. That's like, dude, I drool every time I open the 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 kill team page. I'm like, oh, dude, look at those. The new guys. The um, and I'm gonna say that ha- supposedly how it's pronounced. And that's the last time you're going to hear me say it that way. Arbides. I don't like his Arbites. So Arbites. Uh-huh. Arbites. I'm down. Sorry. <laughs> uh, like whatever you have, however you want to say it, right? It doesn't uh-huh. matter. But those guys, the, the, the um, Imperial police, they're fantastic. Yeah. And what's cool is that you can use them with like the new Inquisition team. And so uh-huh. now you can see where it's like, oh, you know, it's only 10 models and right. you start to trick yourself and then you just get like more and more plastic crack and it just is keeps it? piling up in your room and you're like, oh man, I have 40K and kill team now. Oh. Right. And then, <laughs> you know, Gene Steel Cult, it's, uh, it's one of the ranges of miniature that I actually enjoy painting mm-hmm. a lot because they had so many... Um, uh, so many details and at the same time, so much, um, um, how can I put it? Uh, like, I don't know. They have the, they have the armor, they have the textures, they have, um, you know, the faces, they're an alien. So I don't know. They have a, like a huge personality. I, I, I don't know if that's the right word, but I, I am definitely, uh, very, um, intrigue about that kill team they haven't come up with a new one right or uh, uh, like a gene stealer called kill team not yet right? not yet not uh-huh. yet but not, we, not just gene i think everyone in the community just uh-huh. the, just worm blade just worm blade yeah we're all expecting something to happen right when for this uh, um, 
when Tyranids come out, right? So right. like we all think that, I mean, they can't just ignore Kill Team with 10th edition, right? Like right. obviously something might happen. No, definitely, definitely. I'm all suspecting like new stealth suits. I was yeah, hoping for a they, stealth suit please. team. That's the that's the tau I like. So okay, don't don't quote me on these, but I'm. It's not that I know or nobody told me, but I'm pretty sure we're gonna get new stealth stealth suits. Thank I'm goodness! Super excited for that. Hopefully, they look similar to uh, the uh, what's her name? Because uh, she looks great. Oh, um, uh, Shadow Sun, the new yeah, one. Shadow yeah, Shadow Sun. She looks amazing. But I kind of like the round ones. I think they're cool looking. Yeah, Jack, we'll stop it. I like the round ones. That's what I team uh, twenty eighteen as well. There, there's an old argument on this podcast about metal models, and there's some people that in our in our Discord will like flame us for, for me for liking some metal models. I have quite a lot of them. Uh-huh. Uh, do you like metal, or do you do you still like to paint metal, or do you are you just purely a plastic person? Oh no, 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 no. I love this. So in miniatures, you know, in in again, I'm gonna go with the, the class that I teach, I teach people how to assemble any kind of model, right? And how mm-hmm. you have to approach different types of models. And, you know, I, I love metal miniatures. I mean, all infinity line, it's metal, right? Yeah. So um, they, I mean, there's a certain quality of metal. And specifically, uh, again, I'm going to go uh, with, with infinity. It, the, the, um, the approach to infinity was not heroic scale, so it was like a realistic scale. Mm-hmm. So that's scale. why the miniatures look more aesthetically pleasant. Warhammer had the the the, the mistake, or, or I don't want to say mistake, right? But the lack of technology back in the day to so they what they did was create the miniatures by hand, right? With yeah. the proportions that they thought it was you know appropriate, and also the proportions that actually permitted them to create a line of miniatures that were um, not as, you know, more cost efficient and not super pricey because then, you know, people were not going to buy them. Uh Mm -hmm. So they had to compromise and was like, okay, well, let's go with heroic. It looks good. And let's go with this size because that's what we can produce. Uh Mm -hmm. And the technology back in the day, was like not that good. But there's certain models during the time that look amazing in metal and then have, you know, others that are like, uh, that's like, it's kind of goofy, but there's sentimental value on them. Uh, so, you know, I have, I have like probably like 20 XB 15s, which is the uh, stealth suit, the metal stealth suit, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I love them, but I have modified them in certain ways. I have to work a lot with them because, you know, there's some uh, very, you know, um, imperfections that you could easily see on them. So you have to file them, you have to sand them, you have to do all these different things, right? But I like working with with metal, you know. I have, right now I'm working on uh, on different commissions, and one of the commissions is an affinity commission of Yu Ying. Okay. And, you know, the models... You know, the and the the metal, the 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 pewter that they use, the metal they use is fantastic. And the only downside that I would say it's like they they if you drop them, they tend to dent, right? Oh yeah, that's and what that's I one thing of. you cannot. Like, I mean, right? You could fix it, but you know, it's not as fixable. And plastic is less prone to dent, but you know, sometimes they break and been a part and it's like oh well i glue it it's fine and then the second one it's the weight 
if you <laughs> you have a small <laughs> army of, of, of infinity models that are all metal, it's probably going to weight the same as your full, ar- you know, 40K army that you go to a tournament with. Right. So, yeah. I specifically think of old dreadnoughts and old demon princes. Yes, in, in that regard, I have, <laughs> you know, I have a funny story. Back in Mexico, when we were playing in the store, you know, we have a small store, and I remember a couple of friends were drinking back in the day, and they had the metal dreadnoughts in the board, right? Uh huh. Long story short, we were talking outside, blah, 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 and we hear like a discussion and they're yelling at each other and one of the guys grabs the the metal dreadnought and throw it to one of my friends, right? He he touched it, right? But they were actually, you know, weapons. That was a chunk of metal. Yeah. Yeah. Freaking chunk of metal, right? So you could kill someone with those. So. Oh yeah, I have one. I have one on my desk. Look at me, old one foot. Right. I got him for free because he only had one foot. It's awesome. Oh, <laughs> my first model I ever got. <laughs> um, speaking of metal, right? Mm-hmm. I know that we talked about this before, but you know, me and Giacomo and Saya Squad Games were running our first painting competition called the Forged okay. Brush. Um. Are you interested in that competition down here? And if so, why? I mean, I would love to. The thing is timing, right? I might be most likely we, we, because we are moving me and my wife and the cats, we're moving to North Carolina. Oh, yeah. At some time in beginning of August, mid August, we are moving to North Carolina. So for me, it's, you know, it's the timing. I would love to attend. But we're probably, you know, we're going to be like tied up. And then, You're going to be in North Carolina. <laughs> right. In September, we have, you know, I have to go to Nova. So it's like, you know, hot, yeah. hot, hot, you know. We but, also, I also might be going to Nova. Nice. Um, nice, nice. I, I bought tickets. It's just whether or not mm, I, I buy the tickets and uh-huh. then find someone to room with. So right. well, we're. Well, I'm, I'm still like, we, we have. At least, I think I'm going to room, like I have a roommate. Um, it's one of my friends. His name is Devin. Mm-hmm. And fantastic painter, too. Um, I mean, uh, I don't know how many people he wants in the room. I, I think the more, the merrier, because we pay less. But <laughs> yep. I'm the same. For, I'm the same and, there. And, you know, I, I mean, the more, the merrier, like no more than four people in a room. <laughs> yeah. I don't yeah. care, like, you know, unless there's more. I will kick you out of the room, but if you're fine, I don't care, right? If we have four people in the room, that's perfect, right? Yeah. So. Well, let me know. Let me know. I'm, yeah, the, we'll let you know, I'm right? open to it. Yeah. You know, because, yeah, there's there's a couple of people that I know they're going, and, you know, same thing. I'm checking uh, flights, but right now, I don't know if I'm flying from North Carolina to there or from here to there still. So um, most likely it's going to be from there to, to Washington. So All right. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, um, when, when it comes to kill team and skirmish games in general, and even yes, painting, miniature painting, I know Spain is very big on that. Oh, um, they as, are. You, as you get more into kill team, are you excited yeah. in the prospects of competing against the Spaniards? Oh, yeah, of course. I mean, like I say, it's good competition. And, you know, um, Spanish people are like fantastic players, very fun people to be with. Um, I just recently did um, like a stream with Angel, and we did it, of course, in Spanish. 
uh, Twitch stream. We were painting a Tao figure in his Twitch. And this is the second time I'm in his Twitch. We were planning on doing it like monthly. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I, I you know I, I have good Spanish friends overall, and I think they're fantastic people. They're super fun, and again, they're super competitive, and they're one of the best teams in the world, I believe, in kill team. So yep, why are. not, right? Like <laughs> let's let's bring the cup home to to um, to America. Well, yeah. luckily last year Orion Wolfang beat the Spaniards at the oh. uh, at the narrative, but the year before that. Uh-huh. The Spaniards came to America and beat everyone at LVO. So right. Uh, yeah, we, remember I was there. <laughs> we have a we have a beautiful a beautiful rivalry that is all in good nature and good fun. I I know I know they're good people. <laughs> so throughout your hobby journey, what's the most meaningful or cherished hobby based award that you've ever got? Oof. The the most cherished. Wow. Mm. I want to say uh, I want to say the first no I want to say the second time I won LBO. Okay. That's probably the and it was super at that time it was super competitive and I had like a, a nemesis or you know a fantastic <laughs> also there a fantastic painter his mind you know works like differently and he did some amazing freehand work and the fact that i won because his vehicles were not finished was like a thing of well for me it counts it's it's, <laughs> it's enough you know so um y- you know I, I i don't know if you watch anime or you know of you course. watch dragon ball right and i love dragon ball z Right, so uh, you remember one of the um, contests, like in the martial art tournament. Mm-hmm. Like, they, dis- I don't remember who they end up disqualifying. And they're like, "Well, you know, you get out of the ring, you lost." And you're like, "Wait, what?" And he was like the most powerful, um, um, you know, uh, rival. And I felt like that. I was like, "Dude, this guy could have beat me because you know he didn't finish his models." So. If he had a, them done, it would be like, oh, game over. In, in t- let me tell you why, right? Because it forced me for next year to be even better. Because I was like, oh, I didn't win because I was able to win. It was because he allowed me to win because he was not uh, fully painted. Uh-huh. So it was, it was a bittersweet, but it taught me so much that I was like, no, I, I, I can't slack. I, I have to do better and I have to, you know, create this amazing thing. So I came up with a new board, we do everything. And, you know, I start painting even better and harder. And, and that's, that allowed me to grow. Mm. So, and I grew exponentially after that. Right. And then the next year there was no contest, but that's why. And, and it's probably one of my favorite memories. And, you know, a lot of people would not say that, right. Or be like, Oh no, I was the best. No, I wasn't. But I won on a technicality uh-huh. and I knew it and I told him and we knew it, but I felt like that allowed me to grow so much. And that's why I cherish it so much. So how do you, how do you balance your time between 
uh, competing in Warhammer events and the the hobby aspect of Warhammer, do you focus on one more than the other? Because I know that you play competitively. Yes. So, I mean, because I run a commission service uh, mm-hmm. and it's my own business, so I have to be really careful with the time I you know, spend for other things, especially leisure time. And when you own your own business, sometimes you don't have free time, right? You, you yeah. have to. That's what I tell a lot of people ask me. Oh, you know, I want to enter the commission business or, you know, oh, I'm going to leave my, my job. And I'm going to venture into the commissions. I was like, okay, well, that's fantastic. Just make sure you have um, a whole business plan because you're going to see yourself um, in late nights, early hours, like you, you're going to be, you know, painting until like 3, 4 a.m. in the morning. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. because you have a deadline to accomplish, you have X, Y, C, and you cannot slack on the quality, right? And also... For example, one of my main, um, the main things I used before back in the day to promote my, my, my own service was going to tournaments and meeting people, right? So basically mount-to-mount communication and pouring myself, my heart and soul into my army so I could win an, an award. And then that award gave me the recognition and people would be like, oh, I, okay, I won an army painted by him. Right. Uh, so that's how I made my name pretty much in... Okay. I had to balance it the best I could, right? Sometimes it's like, well, uh, either I finish these or I go, you know, play in this tournament. Well, I can't. So I finish this thing because I have to pay the bills. Or yeah. sometimes, you know, I, I had the, 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 the time to do it. And it's like, well, I either sleep more or work and go to the tournament. Well, you know, uh, sleep is overrated. So let's, you know. <laughs> I'm so, right there with you. <laughs> exactly. So I, I remember one back in the day, I uh, think it was Golden Throne uh, tournament. Mm-hmm. I had to, I wanted to play a third Riptide, right? And I, the tournament was on what, like a Saturday morning. And I bought the new Riptide on a Thursday night. And my, oh, really? yeah, my, 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 my roommate saw me and it's like, hey man, you know, I'm going to start this reptile. It's like, okay, uh, when you need it. Um, I need it by Friday night or Thursday, th- Saturday morning. <laughs> I okay. The next day uh he woke up and it's like it, it was halfway there on, huh. on Friday morning. And he's like, what the fuck, bro? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You sleep? Nope. Okay, well, and he came back from work and was like, okay, <laughs> are you done? And I was like, yep, like almost done. I just need to do the base. And it was ready for, you know, the tournament next day. And I ended up winning Best Painted. So, you know, sometimes wow. you have to commit and do sacrifices, right? I usually don't like painting the 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 day before the tournament. But that was a stretch, right? It was like the tur- I, I think the Riptides were out of stock or something happened, right? And I just got one. And I was like, ah, oh, yeah, I need another one. Sure. So let's go. And sometimes, you know, because of the commissions, sadly, that's the curse of the commission painter. Don't, you don't have time to paint your own. Yep. Uh, yeah. So sometimes I squeeze things in between commissions. I'm like, okay, I'm going to take one or two days to paint my own things. So, yeah, yeah. And a kill team is very appealing because you don't have to 
you know, spend a lot of time painting an army to compete in a, in a tournament. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, it's fascinating hearing that because I, uh, recently quit my job and uh-huh. <laughs> took on some commission painting for the very first time ever. Wow. Um, okay. Yeah. I, I'm, you know, it's, it's fascinating to hear <laughs> your, your advice after I took the jump. <laughs> yeah, no, I, it, it is, it, 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 by all means, if you need any guidance, if you need any help, please, you know, let me know, approach me, you know, don't be, don't be shy about it. Okay. Um, feel free to, to, to approach that and, and ask me any questions you have in that regard. But yeah. it's all about, you know, I, I tell people it's about the passion you have and the, mm-hmm. how can I put it? If it's your goal, uh-huh, you need to be ready to pay the price. Yeah. And w- what I mean with that, it's that, you know, sometimes people want something, dream of something. Oh, I want to be these. I want to be that. And they're not ready to pay the price that that entails, right? Oh, I want to be a doctor. Okay, well, you need to pay the price uh, spending eight, 10 years of medical school in, you know, specialties and blah, 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 right? Yeah. And then ERs and whatever, right? To become what you want. But then it's like, oh, I don't want to spend that much time doing it. Oh, I'm going to do something else. Um, same thing. If you want, I don't know, um, to go to the army. Okay, well, you have to train, you have to do these, you have to do that. Be ready to go and deploy it and, you know, something bad can happen, but that's the price you have to pay for something you want to do. Uh-huh. Absolutely. If you want to be a chef, same thing, right? Oh, I, I just I want to open a five-star restaurant eventually, right? When I get older, cool. But <laughs> you probably have to go to France and study and then, <laughs> you know, um, probably leak some boots of the, the French chefs and I don't know, do whatever, right? Find a rat and put it in your hat and maybe the rat. <laughs> <laughs> but you have that- to pay the price, right? Uh-huh. It's, yeah. not, it's not for free. And same thing with commissions, right? I love doing it. I love painting. and But I know eventually I'm going to get old and I, I won't be able to do it full time, Right. Nor I probably want to do it full time. I would like to, you know, paint my own miniatures for myself. I probably won't want to be painting for other people, right? That doesn't mean I stop loving the hobby. I just don't want to keep painting for other people, right? Mm -hmm. But you have to pay the price in in that regard. You have to, you know, know that it's going to take like a learning curve to to go from, oh, I want to do commissions to, oh, shit, I'm doing commissions. Oh, shit, I have to pay the rent with commissions? Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's when you either get better uh-huh. or quit doing it because yeah. that's when you realize, mm-hmm. oh, shit, I undercost myself. I'm painting, you know, 20, 30 miniatures for 300 bucks. Uh, oops. Right. Then you're, you're not like, well, yeah, exactly. that point. or, you know, you industrialize your, your, your approach and you're like, oh, I'm going to just do tabletop quality and I'm just going to, you know, crunch over miniatures like crazy, but then it burns you out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh-huh. So you need a very good uh, middle ground and it depends on your goal, right? Oh, I'm going to specialize in something. Oh, I'm going to, you know, like I end up specializing in Tao because of the love 
I have for Tao. So now a lot of people that place Tao look for me because, you know, I put up uh, like so many different styles of Tao and, you know, they love it. Okay, well, that's what I'm known for. Mm-hmm. And, you know, people approach me for other different armies and other uh, game systems, but mostly I'm known for Tau. And that's my, you know, kind of my specialty, right? Yeah. Um, that doesn't mean I don't enjoy painting other things. Sometimes I do because I'm like, <laughs> I don't want to paint more Tau, right? But, you know, it's just that, right? It's, it's just about, you know, realizing what you want, realizing the goal you have in you know, commission painting is beautiful. It's fantastic, but it's taxing. Yeah. And, you know, it's challenging and you need a lot of discipline because one day you're going to be like, oh, uh, you know, I, I, it's okay. I'm just going to chill in my sofa. I'm going to watch whatever show and I'm going to watch Rick and Morty all day and I'm not going to paint. Oh, I could paint tomorrow. I have time. And then suddenly, you know, a week pass of the month and you're like, oh, shit, I'm behind. A week and a week that you could use to finish something and then jump to the next project. But sometimes you have paint blockage. Sometimes you don't find the, you know, that fire in your gut or you're just tired. So that, that what it means to be your own boss and having your own business and digging into the commission business. It's not easy, but it's awesome. You know, it's rewarding. Um, But again, it's not for everybody. Absolutely. Now, Giacomo, you are a commission painter as well. Um, do you want to tell us? And now, uh, wh- wh- when I went to Giacomo and I was like, hey, somebody asked me to commission paint their army for them. Right. Uh, I got some tips and advice from him. Nice. Uh, Giacomo, what, 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 what do you do now as commission work? Well, now I pretty much exclusively take maybe one or two commissions every three months. So I slowed it down mm-hmm. since, I, since I work a regular full-time job. I realized I wasn't able to do what I was doing during the pandemic when I had a lot more time and I, and I could focus Mm -hmm. on doing that. And ultimately this isn't, this isn't something I was expecting to do, but I sort of brought it over thinking I could do it while working again. And, um, what I find is understanding how much you can do, you know, cause there's definitely people who can do it full time. Absolutely. You know, they're Mm -hmm. like, uh, like you mentioned, there's the discipline. Then there's only some of us like me who only want to dedicate part time to it because we don't want to only right. do other people's stuff, which is totally fine. So finding mm-hmm. out what you're capable of doing in a certain amount of time and knowing that like in some cases I'll tell some, some clients I'm going to cut you a deal because I'm going to take longer doing this, knowing mm-hmm. what you might be willing to do in a time frame as well is what I've learned right. in, in the years of doing it, you know, cause before I would be like, yeah, I'll get it done in a month. And I'd find myself not sleeping constantly. Cause I'm just trying to work on this and get it done. Cause I gave myself right. expectations that were completely unrealistic. So mm-hmm. now I come and I tell most people understand that your time is worth a lot. So don't be afraid to charge what you believe you should be charging. Right. And know what kind of load you can take. Cause there's only so much you can do in 24 hours. It's true. It's true. Absolutely. And sometimes you find with, when that happened, right. You, you start developing, I, I, at least that, that's what happened to me. I, I force myself to become faster and to be like, okay, well I, I either 
Um, I cannot multiply myself. I don't have eight arms, right? Right. And mm-hmm. I have to sleep. So I rather start um, finding better techniques to do something more efficiently and faster without sacrificing quality. Because that's when a lot of people have the mistake of, mm-hmm. well, I could go faster, but then your quality is going to diminish incredibly. Right. So having that, uh, okay, this quality, but, you know, faster also requires a uh, higher paid you know, yeah. higher pay tier. So another thing, if you're good, don't undercost yourself because a lot of artists tend to, you know, have the artistic mentality, but not the business mentality. And that's one thing Angel Gerales have been accused of, right? It's like, oh no, you're such a good businessman, blah, blah, blah. But he's a fantastic artist, but he has that business mentality behind his art that allowed him to be so successful, Right. And sadly, not all of the artists have that, right? So it had cost me a lot to understand that uh, in between, right? Economic, right? The artistic, right? So it's part of the learning curve too. Definitely. Now, kind of moving away from from painting for a second, and we look back at playing the games in general, are there any moments you really liked when you were playing, like just tournaments or even just, you know, regular day-to-day matches, anything that you always like to think back on? Uh, Like, like uh, fantastic moments, like those that I tell you, right? Like, um, like blowing up, like, you know, doing an impossible shot, right? in mm-hmm. rolling like incredible rolls right in dice that you're like oh well you know it, it's the same w- w- that people complain it's like oh my dice only roll once right and i die horribly and you know this guy had like 20 wounds and i rolled 19 once right well that happens too but That's what true. if right oh i rolled 19 sixes oh shit right <laughs> so i i've been in both sites and both are you know amusing at some point and, and funny and it depends on the day right sometimes you feel bad for your opponent if you do that or sometimes you're having a great um time but i enjoy having joyful opponents and sadly i believe that the more competitive i become the more serious i become in the game and less enjoyable it became to me and when i realized that i was like okay i'm gonna be competitive but i'm gonna give my own twist and, you know, I'm just going to have fun with the other person because at the end of the day, it's an interaction with people. Mm-hmm. Right? The, 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 the outcome of the, of the match, and especially if it's down to a dice roll because my dice were horrible, right, and yours were not, well, that's just the dice. And, but I'm enjoying the other person. So that's what I get about tournaments, right? And meeting other people and making friends, it's what I enjoy the most. And that's the beauty of this hobby. And that's the beauty of playing with other people, right? You you, you mentioned it, you said, right, with the Spanish people, there was no other chance for you to meet people from Spain, maybe, right? Unless you go to Spain. But yeah. then we have this beautiful hobby in common and you could meet people from all around the world, Right. Absolutely. Right. I remember one of the first LBOs I was playing, I was playing half drunk because I didn't sleep the night before. <laughs> right? So I went to the table still drunk and I had this guy from uh, New Zealand 
playing against me with uh, his uh, Dark Angel army, and I was playing my Tao, of course, and I was wearing the black, black, uh, all blacks jersey because I love the, I, I, I like rugby and all blacks is my favorite team. And I was wearing mm-hmm. the jersey. It's like, no, where you're from, New Zealand. I'm like, no, I'm, I'm, I'm from here. I'm, well, actually from Mexico, but, you know, I just like the old blacks. Oh, I'm from New Zealand. And we became friends right there and there, right? I lost mm-hmm. the game. It's one, because I was drunk the first round, <laughs> right? After, you know, I came down and I, I, I did good decisions. But round one, I was like, oh, boy, you know. So I, I lost, but I make a, a friend for life, right? I, I He had even invited me to New Zealand, right? And, you know, I know his wife, I have seen his baby in pictures and everything. And, you know, it's a fantastic way to make friends, right? But if you were a douchebag in the table and you're like, <laughs> I want to win at all costs, oh, fuck you. No, that's not, <laughs> that's not how it works. You know, Absolutely. So, you know, I have players and uh, I have the, the luck to be friends, for example, with Reese and, and Frankie, right? Um, they're fun people to back in the day they used to play. I, Frankie just played the BAO and they're super knowledgeable and super fun people to play. Right. I remember in one tournament, we were in this like kind of semifinals, whatever, right. We were for top tables, right. One before the top table and I had to play Reese and, um, you know, he had, uh, space Marines and I have Tau, of course I only play Tau. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And uh, he took, and to this day, motherfucker, he took <laughs> 35 minutes. I'm not exaggerating. I, I'm actually probably like taking some, like probably it was an hour, but let's say 45 minutes to deploy uh, one Land Raider in, I don't know, like five guys or something. So he took 45 minutes of the round. Oh and my Lord. After that, I, you know, we went up to round three. We couldn't win before, and I almost tabled him. <laughs> I, couldn't, I couldn't, like you know, couldn't win the game because of that, right? But it was, it was my friend, right? And we have uh-huh. played so many other times, uh huh. So it, it was pretty fun, it, even if I lost, right? And to this day, I'm like, oh, you fucking Reese, you know, time lord. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So yeah, he beat me with time, but I have done that to some other friends, right? I took so much time in, in the decision and I'll go, oh my God. And it's like, Oh, you slow play me? Not intentionally, but you know, it felt like that. So mm-hmm. you know, we, at, at some point we all have done it. Right. It's like, Oh my God, this decision, what should I do? Should I shoot here? Should I shoot here? doesn't matter. Just roll the dice. Yeah, now I'm like, Oh, I don't care. Just roll. Oh, it, 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 Oh, it happened. Cool. It didn't. Oh, well, yeah. So, right. so at squad games, our right. last week's episode was all about sportsmanship. Yeah. And we talked a lot about that um, and tournament strategies and stuff. But ha- did you have you ever dealt with something that was very difficult for you in a, in a tournament? Because it does happen on occasion where something something happens unsportsmanlike at your table. That's very hard to deal with. Right. And, oh, absolutely. And you how know, how did you deal with it? The funny thing is actually happened with um, sadly is what was one of my friends and mm. close friend. Like, you know, I love that man. He's the, the owner of BCP and Paul McCalvey. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we were actually not even top table, but we, we, we have a rough rivalry. He plays Tau, I play Tau, right? And we always want to be the best Tau player. So, um, uh, and, you know, when we play each other, we get super intense. And that game was super intense to the point like we were, 
actually being mean to each other. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, right. I, I, and, and, you know, we have to ride together back home. So, oh, oh man. Right, back home. So, yeah. Yeah, but and then I learned that's that's probably that was like two years ago, I believe, in RageCon actually, and that was like a low point in my gaming uh career because I was like, dude, I I can't believe we as you know we're super close friends and we cannot have fun together, and I was like, and probably it was my fault, you know, and he's like, yeah. no, no, it was also my fault, you know, and we talk it, and you know, we we it was awesome, you know, after that. But it, it was it made me realize that, dude. Even with friends, we you get so competitive, and that's when you have to look at yourself. And be like, no, this this is not how the play. This is not how the game should be played. Yeah, right? yeah, absolutely. And, and it happens, right? It's so, to the best of us, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, no, and especially with friends, shouldn't shouldn't happen, right? And, and you have to always be, um, you know, have good sportsmanship and be polite and be nice to to people. And especially because you don't know what's going on, right? With, with, with you know, you don't know if they have a family issue, have a family problem or something. So, you know, you never know. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but that, 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 that was that was it, you know. Are you guys cool now, though? Mm. Yo, no, yeah, absolutely. No, yeah, they do. Like after that, you <laughs> okay. know, we ride okay, home. Just making sure. <laughs> we have dinner. And, uh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. No. Yeah. Um, uh, I'm, uh, we've, we we're, <laughs> we're super close friends. Like we would not let uh you know uh, a stupid game, and not saying the stupid game Warhammer, a stupid game in between. In, us, you know, ruin our of friendship. Course. Right. Of course. Right. Yeah, because then you're not real friends. Then you're just posing to your friends. Right. Yeah. We're better than that. And that's why I apologize. I was like, dude, I, you know, I was acting up and he apologized too. So it was like that, dude. Yeah. A mutual, mutual, I, mutual apologies. Right. No. And I love the guy, you know, so, you know, he's the, he's the creator of BCP. So, mm-hmm. so you got to see yeah. him all the time. <laughs> Yeah, no, of course. You know, and I support him. I support the brand, you know, because it's a great app, right? And he's done great job. So, yeah. Well, um, when it comes to playing at tournaments, is there any kind of like big wins you want to make? Like, you ever want to just take first at LVO instead of just always taking first for the painting? Nah, I mean, if you make if if I have to choose. Probably I'll take painting over. And let me let me explain why. This is my logic, right? Um, and and also I was invited to be part of Banger Tactics, right? Mm-hmm. And you know, Banger Tactics specializes the team that specializes um, like in 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 playing, right? Mm-hmm. Fantastic players in the team, Mike, Jake, and of course Steven, and you know other people that you know are in the in the in the team. You know, but um, yeah, I'm I'm kind of in uh, with them on the hobby side more than the playing side. But if you have to make me choose, right, I would rather go for the hobby just because I know dice are deceiving. I remember um, twenty no twenty twenty one bao no twenty twenty two bao. 
Yes, 2022. I, I did play in, in BAO in last year. And I was one point away of top tables. And my game before that was against Tyranids, right? And I was so tired. And at the end, I was, you know, making bad decisions. But even then, I had the chance to do X, Y, Z moves. And I was like, no, dude, I'm tired. I don't, I don't think I could play. I had to give a class the next day. And I don't think I could play uh, three games next, next day. Even if I say, oh, I'm not going to give a class on Sunday, I, I, I can't play three games again. I can't. My, <laughs> yeah, no my brain is fried. I can't. <laughs> Right. We've all been there. <laughs> it's fantastic. I love it, but it was like, oh my god, you know. So, yeah. to get to that level of competitive competitiveness, also, I I definitely know uh, as you know, uh, you know, somebody that trains or works out or whatever, you need certain level of of stamina, and you need to actually physically train. Yeah. Yeah. To withstand those conditions, you have to be well hydrated. You don't, you can go partying. You can do many things, right? If you're competitive and that's your goal, go for it, right? But then you're not going to have as much fun in the convention as you might have, right? Yeah. You might not go on the, you know, the after party on Friday or Saturday or Sunday. No, you, you can't because you have to be focused, right? Yeah, And I'm not saying I'm not, I don't want to be competitive into that, but for me, painting gives me more, um, how can I put it? It's more rewarding because I see my sweat and tears and blood, if you want, you know, when you cut with yourself with a X-Acto knife, you can pour <laughs> the blood into the models. and Your brand new X-Acto knife. Right. And um, yeah, it, and, and, and you could see the, 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 the effort, right? It's there crystallized in front of you, right? In, in, in your arm, in your display board, in whatever, right? So if you win, it's, it's, it's very rewarding, right? I'm not saying it's not rewarding if you win, uh, you know, first place in LBO, right? Or BAO or London GT. Of course, you're fantastic. And you should be a fantastic player, uh huh, but I've seen fantastic players that end up losing a game on a dice roll at the end of the day, right? So yeah. it's, it's luck. In the painting, it's not about luck; it's about being the best, right? And you have to pour your heart and soul in in in, in your army, uh huh. In the competitiveness, well, you know, sometimes I remember Jeff Robinson. I don't know if you ever heard of him, right? Uh, he was a fantastic um, 40k player. He was a personality in the video game industry. He was uh, Jeff in control Robinson. He passed away in 2019, right? A good friend of mine, also a fantastic client. He he actually pushed my my commission service, you know, to new heights because he was very graceful to choose me as his painter, as his personal painter. Right? He had the money. And the and he know everybody to he could choose anybody in the world right in Europe or European painter somebody else that's better than me and he was like no I want Israel to paint my things and I was wow like, yeah I, uh, honestly to this day I'm super grateful you know wherever he is I always give thanks to him and you know he was a super competitive player he, he we were at LBO he would not go out. 
he would not go drinking. It was like, nope, I'm going back to my room. Eight or nine, he was already sleeping, ready for the next day. And then suddenly he got a bad match, right? He was like, oh, you know, the, the, those additions that is like, oh, I hope I don't run into that army because that that's the mm -hmm. only army that actually be, can beat like my army. Okay. Admech back in the day. You run into that sure specific <laughs> army. You're gone, right? Mm -hmm. And that's what happened. Sometimes, you know, it's, it's the lock of the matches you have. But if you see the pairings, you're like, oh, how, how did that, let's say, right? How did that Tyranid player didn't run into, I don't know, uh, his exact counter in all the tournament, right? Uh, uh, with a thousand players. Wow. Okay. Where are the odds? And he go, he, 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 you know, he crawled himself until onto the top eight, right? Wow. Right. So it can happen, right? So that's why. For me, it's too many variables in the in the competitiveness, right? You could be fantastic and you have bad dice rolls or bad matchups, and then you don't win, right? But in the in the hobby in painting, you know, you give your best, you might have a better chance, right? So, you know, at least for me, it's more uh, it's less of a variable and more of like hard work than you know playing that's why all right yeah so uh rounding uh down to our final few questions um looking back on your journey as a competitive painter what advice would you give to someone who's just starting out in the competitive the competitive painting scene mm -hmm. i would say um just do it and start painting and don't get this this disencouraged and mm -hmm. don't compare yourself, right? Because again, your your journey when you start and you start doing something, uh -huh, it's not gonna be the same as when you are in your in your goal in five years. Uh, you're gonna be a totally different artist. You're gonna be a totally different painter. And of course, if you put the time again, if you if you pay the price for what you want, right? And if that's 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 the goal in your mind you know, you're going to achieve it eventually, right? But you need a plan, you need a goal in mind, and you need to start doing it, right? So it's, again, patience and dedication. If you don't have those when, when you know, pretty much with everything you do, but if you don't have that in painting, uh, it, it's going to be a rough time because, you know, you need patience and you need dedication and hard work. If you have... A lot of talent, you know, I know a lot of talented people. I tell people I'm not talented. I, I don't have, oh, how can you say that? No, you're, you're, you're underselling yourself. You're being modest. No, 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 no. I'm really, you know. Hardworking. I, I have some talent. I'm not saying, no, I'm talentless. No, you know, I have some talent, but mainly my talent come um, of repetition and, and, and having a goal and be like, no, I want to achieve that. And I see myself winning best painted, right? And then I lost so many times and until I start winning. But I I I, I choose to to learn from my mistakes. It's like, okay, what I'm doing wrong. Okay. My display board was not good enough. Cool. Okay, these guys were doing this, this, and that. Okay, cool. Uh, what are my strengths? What are my weaknesses? What should I work on more? Uh-huh. And I study my competition. And I was like, okay, so what can I do better than them? And also a funny thing in the painting world, whoever tells you 
otherwise is lying to you. It's also who you know and who you are. And I tell these, uh, I mean, um, people might crucify me because I say these, but if you go to a tournament, right, let's say mm-hmm. Golden Demon, and you have a well-known painter and a completely unknown painter, and they have very similar paint jobs and very similar uh, miniatures, beautifully painted, right, in the same category. And you put them both together, but the judges know this guy and they don't know the other guy. Just by default, it's a, it, 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 it's a normal occurrence in, in how human mind works, right? It's not that you're going to be biased to the person that you like or that you know, but most likely you're going to favor the other person, right? Something in your mind is going to be like, oh, well, you know, his miniatures has better details than yours, right? Even if they're, if you show it to somebody else completely impartial and unbiased, they'll be like, oh, well, they're like pretty identical. I would, you know, even, I don't know how to price them differently, right? I would say you get first, you get first, right? But in that regard, probably the better known person will get first place. Mm. And that happens, you know, in, in many aspects of, 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 of this human interactions, right? So yeah, getting your, your name to be known, going to different events, and having good communication skills also work, right? So, you know, putting yourself out there also work. That's extremely insightful. Yeah. Right. Because if you're, you know, you, you could, you could be the best painter, but if you're not liked also, you, you know, people are kind of like, eh, yeah, yeah. yeah. you paint really well. Oh, cool. <laughs> so, you know, you know I have, I'm not going to say names, but, you know, I, I know one artist in the community, very, you know, famous it's a genius probably but he has you know done some bad comments to people he has you know say some things bad things about the industry and things like that and you're like well how can you be so talented and how can you be so bitter and so negative at the same time right that Mm -hmm. just attracts more negative negativity to yourself and to your brand and it's not you know it's just bad Right. Absolutely. So yeah, um, I th- I think that you know okay. that helps. But basically, putting the effort, putting the hard work, and being patient with what you want, right? Because in painting, it, 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 uh, how can I put it? Um, getting better or improving doesn't happen in a day. Absolutely. Right. So finally, yes. Um, what? We were talking before this, and mm-hmm. I know that you said that you were thinking about starting to put out some content. Where and what kind of content do you plan? So where do you plan on posting it, and what type of content do you plan on producing? So first of all, you know, uh, about the content, of course, is, is finding new avenues of, of um, you know, creating more avenues of, of income, right? Mm-hmm. You know, commission painting, as I mentioned, is one avenue of, of income. But, you know, you have to diversify if you want to be more economically efficient, right? Absolutely. And also, in, in that regard, I want to give back to the community, right, in, in the form of knowledge, right? If mm-hmm. I have accumulated some knowledge that's helpful for people, right, why not, you know, 
combine both and you know help the community and make a profit out of it right it's it's not a bad thing it's not a bad idea um so one of the things i do is classes right i start with the classes and one other thing i want to get into maybe making videos or tutorials i haven't landed specifically what platform or what applications i'm going to use but I have a few ideas, so when it's more crystallized, I would definitely let you guys know. Awesome. Good job. Yeah, but uh, it's uh, what, what was that? Oh, get um, uh, slang. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, or, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Italian or Italian? Um, I'm, uh, I'm mostly Peruvian and part Italian on my mom's side. Oh, nice. Oh, so hablas español entonces. Oh, muy bien, muy bien. <laughs> muy bien. And, and, and Italian on your, on, you say it on your mom's side? Mm-hmm. Um, though nice. my dad speaks more Italian than my mom, which is always fun. Oh, nice. That's awesome. <laughs> that's, so, uh, that's so funny. <laughs> well, I look forward to your content, man. Yeah. I, hope, I hope to see that coming out soon. And, you know, yeah. once you get Thank all moved you. in well, and settled. You, I was going to tell I was going to tell Dakota, if he goes to Nova, getting one of my classes at least, right? Yeah. So I definitely recommend the, the assembly class because it's something that's not out there. Um, most artists go for, oh, I'm going to show you how to paint. I'm going to show you how to, um, you know, airbrush. I'm going to show you X, Y, Z techniques, but nobody shows people how to assemble models and everybody thinks, Oh, I could assemble my model really well. It's not only assembling them. Sometimes it's posing. Sometimes it's modifying. Sometimes it's like, you know, all these different things that you can do to a model to prepare it for paint jobs. Right. And mm-hmm. if you don't show the fundamentals to people, if you don't show them how you could uh, achieve the best result with, from the, the, the fundamentals, you know, People just go with, okay, I just slap this, this, and done. And then you see all these mold lines, you see all these sprue marks, you see all these things that it's like it's easy, it's really easy to correct and it takes not a lot of time, right? So again, patience and dedication. All right, that's amazing. Yeah, if I will definitely try to make one of your classes and that one in particular. Yeah, I'd also. It's one of the early in the morning, I think it's got to be like eight a.m. <laughs> okay. Yeah. One, one one of the things that I one of the things that I like to do is um, I usually find somebody's who like since I'm colorblind, right? Or color uh-huh, uh-huh. I usually will go on on YouTube or I'll go to like White Dwarfs or something, and I'll find something that I like how they painted their red, and then I'll just use the same process, and that's how uh-huh. I paint red. That's how I paint green. Um, so I have like my strict colors that I know look good together. And uh-huh. in my colorblind range, I just always lean towards those. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but it's always good to find new ways to paint those colors. Right. You know? I'm also giving a class. I mean, that you mentioned red, I'm giving a, a class in red. Mm. So the other one is the, my, my personal formula to paint red, which is the formula I use for my enclaves. Okay. And, yeah. You know, beautiful. Yeah. Thank you. And it's what I can tell they're beautiful. I know before, right? <laughs> yeah. Right. So. Yeah. There. Anyone? Anyone out there? Go. Go. Go onto his Instagram. Give him a follow and like some of those pictures because they are absolutely gorgeous. Thank you, man. Appreciate it. Thank you, guys. 
Absolutely. Well, is there anything else that you would like to shout out, Izzy? No, that I mean, thank thank you guys. Uh, appreciated that you like uh, took the time of your day to interview me. It's really it makes me you know humbles me and you know makes me feel really honored, and I really appreciate that. And besides that, I hope you guys when I see you, uh, you could teach me some kill team and have the patience to you know teach me the ways. Absolutely, right. Would, would love to. I mean, I'm going to see you at LVO if, if, if anything. So yeah, definitely. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> yeah, it's gonna. It, it's coming so fast. It seems like it's not, but you know, it's like, oh, we're just in June. Sure. Yeah, well, we, we were just yeah, think, at LVO. <laughs> right. Yeah, I mean, tickets just went on sale. I know. Uh, and <laughs> we we're trying to push our affiliate link out there to everyone and everyone who bought tickets through our affiliate link through FLG. I do appreciate all of you. Uh, I also appreciate our patrons uh, as you guys help, help keep the lights on in the studio. Nice. Um, and geez, is there anything else that you want to shout out? Yeah, of course you can find us on discord at the squad games discord. You can find me at wargaming underscore studios on Instagram. That's wargaming underscore studios on Instagram where you see me do all my painting and other cool stuff like that. And of course, if you want to find more squad games, we're also on Instagram at squad underscore games, underscore entertainment. Again, that is squad underscore games, underscore entertainment on Instagram. And if you're listening to this on Apple podcast, Spotify, or wherever you're listening it on, if you can give us a rating, that would help us so much. And we really do appreciate it. And until next time, guys, ciao. Bye.